You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So the Chiefs dropped a bit of a bombshell on Friday. Pat Mahomes is not playing. And I know what you're thinking. That's not that big of a bombshell. We kind of expected that. That's true. But Frank Clark is also out, and Chris Jones is also out, and Kendall Fuller is out, and Eric Fisher, their tackle, is out, and Andrew Wiley, the guard, is out. I re- I, I, you know, this is so weird um, as to being to the point of, of wondering if this is, I, I, I don't, I don't know. For example... Mr. Andrew Wiley, the guard, didn't practice on Wednesday. He was limited participation Thursday, limited participation Friday, and then they said he was out. Usually, when you go from don't practice to limited, and you're continuing to be limited, I mean, I know it's not full, but usually, we're not just calling people out. Now, I can see Frank Clark. Frank Clark didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he's out. Chris Jones, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he's out. It's shocking that that continued to happen and and that they're out, but I get it. Here's sort of the one thing that kind of has me wondering, though. If you look at Eric Fisher, he was limited, limited, did not practice Friday. Now, if you're Andy Reid, let's just say, because Pat Mahomes has been limited all week. He's practiced all week, and it doesn't mean he's okay. I, I don't think anyone really expected him to be back. I think there's actually a possibility that he was never going to play, and this was the Chiefs just kind of messing around. So I, I I guess I have two thoughts in my mind. Number one... These guys were all in a really bad way, and he kind of knew none of these guys were going to play um, and tried to make it seem as though they could as long as possible and then finally dropped the bombshell like, yeah, none of us are playing. The other thought I had, um, the second they saw Eric Fisher wasn't playing because he popped up on the did not, pra- do not, did not practice list, whatever, they said, nope, Pat, you're not playing, man. And so it almost becomes like a rest day for everyone. I mean, think about it. This This team... And I know this is far-fetched, but you kind of wonder if there's certain people that probably could play through this that are just being pulled, including possibly Pat Mahomes, but probably not. The guard, Wiley, who's been limited for the last two days. Kendall Fuller just practiced for the first time on Friday before they said he's out. Like, hey, coach, I'm back. Sit down. You're not fine. Go away. You're hurt. I mean, it's just my thumb, coach. I'll be all right. We could tape it. Sit down. You want it to spread to the rest of your hand, then we got to amputate it? Is that what you want? Then sit down. And so I, I don't want to make it seem as though I'm saying they're, they're giving up on playing the Packers. Because, of course, Andy Reid is going to go out with the guys that he has and try to win. However, from a sort of cost-benefit standpoint, you're looking at this saying, really my only two really good defensive players are done. 
My defense, at this point without Frank Clark and Chris Jones, I don't know that this isn't the worst defense in football. I don't know that that's not the, I mean, it, it, they're bottom five, no question. I mean, this, this was a terrible defense even with them, and Chris Jones and Frank Clark are incredibly talented. This is a team that has a, a you know, we'll, we'll just say top three quarterback, because I, I don't want to get into an argument about it. I mean, if he's number one, he's number one. If he's, I don't, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is I think we should be able to agree on top three, if not top five. It doesn't matter. Elite quarterback, right? He's out. The guy, you know, this, this very good offensive line, which has regressed, but at least they still got two really good tackles. One of those really good tackles is out. Mr. Wiley, who's, you know, mediocre, but still relatively talented, especially as a pass blocker. I mean, he's pretty decent. He's out and is getting replaced by Martinez Rankin. Martinez Rankin is only in his second year, but he has been complete and utter garbage. I mean, like hot, burning, steaming trash. And so again, from a sort of cost-benefit standpoint, if we look at this and say, we've got a few options. We, we try to force as many of these guys to play as we can, including guys like Pat Mahomes, including, including guys like Wiley, including Kendall Fuller, Right, guys that have been limited, especially on Friday. Some of them, like Pat Mahomes, all week. Maybe not Fisher because he just popped up with an injury, and maybe not Frank Clark and Chris Jones. But we'll try to force as many of these guys in there as we can so that we can try our best to beat the Packers while also risking losing these guys for a really long time. And and especially when we're talking about guys like Pat Mahomes, you can obviously understand the point of view of, you know what, let's rest him. As crazy as that sounds, against an opponent like the Packers, you can almost understand it where you're so absolutely decimated with injuries, especially to key players like your quarterback, left tackle, your pass rusher, and your Kenny Clark-type player. I mean, literally, this would be... I'm trying to think back like to a, a lesser era. Maybe go back to like the Super Bowl era. Well, not really. It's like Kenny Clark, Zadarius Smith, Aaron Rodgers... Um, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and I don't know. See, if I say Kevin King, everyone's going to get mad at me. I guess I'll say Tremont, even though Tremont is definitely better than Kendall Fuller. Based on the grades, Kevin King would be much more accurate. But I'll, I'll say Tremont, and we lose Tremont. That, that's how devastating this is, except for the fact that, and I, did I say Kenny Clark? Because I meant to say Kenny Clark also. Except for the fact that they don't have Preston Smith and Jair and Kevin King, and they don't have... Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, right? They, they don't have those extra pieces that we have to compensate. So if we lost all those people, I don't want to say we would be better off because, you know, they still have guys like Kelsey and Hill. But ugh. so again, I'm, I'm not saying they're necessarily throwing in the white flag, but I'm saying they're looking at this and saying we, we can either kind of treat this like a buy for our injured players to make sure that we are at 100% full strength going forward. Because the Chiefs don't get a bye until uh, week 12. So, you know, if, if we give it a valiant effort but fall to 5-3, and three, but then come back next week at full strength and are able to beat the Vikings, Titans, and Chargers, we're 8-3, and three, we get back on our rest, we come back, we stomp out the Raiders, we're 9-3, and three, we're still relatively healthy, we give it our, our, our best shot at beating the Patriots, honestly probably going to fall to 9-4, and four. but then we beat the Broncos, the Bears, and the Chargers, we're still a 12-win team, right? So we... we I don't want to say, again, that we're giving one up to the Packers, but it's not worth risking the long-term safety of people because maybe we can force these guys in there so that we can squeak out a win against the Packers. Now, if you wanted to, 
you could say that this is disrespectful and they're saying we don't need him against the Packers, but I, I don't think that's the case because that literally would never happen. It, I mean, it doesn't matter the opponent. No coach says, you know what, let's, let's just rest Rodgers. I mean, it's only the Raiders. Let's just rest them. Who cares? But I, I just, and, and, and it also doesn't have to mean that it's because the Packers are so good. We obviously can't beat them. We might as well rest everybody. It's, it's again, I think it has more to do with the, the safety of our, our guys and wanting to be healthy going forward. We have a lot, a lot of injuries, and it's like, all right, fine, forget it. Shut everybody down, which is what they did, which, again, is why it's weird because you had some guys that weren't practicing, so you can kind of look at it and go, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy. But then you got a bunch of these guys that are practicing. Mahomes has been practicing all week, and every time he practices, as much as you think he's not going to practice, which is what I said, I don't think he's going to practice. I mean, play. It's still, the more he practices, the more it's like, maybe he will. I don't know. This is crazy. But all of a sudden, it just seemed like this one big giant decision that was like, you know what? Forget it. Shut them all down. We're going to treat it almost like a bye week. Andy, here's your guys. Although Andy's probably the one, Andy Reid is probably the one that made the decision. But still, here's the guys you got. Find a way to make it win. And and who knows? Maybe they knew this for a while. But it just felt like, again, all, all I'm doing is a lot of times I look at stuff and I say, this doesn't make sense. Because there's all kinds of trends and patterns. And you get kind of used to doing this over the weeks and over the years. And you can tell every time I do this, I look at it and say, this guy's probably going to play. This guy's probably going to play. And I'm looking at it now and it's like, it ne- this never happens. Three guys didn't practice on Friday. Three. Six are out. <laughs> just like, they literally just came out. I mean, I mean, Pat Mahomes was first and it was like, oh, that's crazy. The next thing I see is also Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Kendall Fuller, Andrew Wiley, Eric Fisher all out. What? Where did that come from? So, pretty wild, pretty crazy. But anyways, um, what today is, is Strategy Day, where we kind of look beyond the introduction of this is who the Chiefs are, even though we kind of have to do that all over again a little bit, and start moving toward what would be the best strategy to to beat the Chiefs, and also what do we need to avoid, because this is probably how the Chiefs are going to try to beat the Packers, and if they're able to do X, Y, and Z, we might actually be in trouble against this team. Um, here's the one note that I will say right away. This goes from being the toughest game on our schedule to being a must-win game. It's, a, it's an absolute must-win game. This team is not good right now. They have good pieces. They have good players. A lot of bad teams have a couple good pieces. The Bears have Khalil Ma- I mean, the Bears have a good defense in general. They're still a really bad team. And I would say the Bears, right? If I, was, if, I, if I had to pick which team I'm more scared of, I am infinitely more scared of the Bears than I am the Chiefs. If that sounds crazy, just, again, they're, they're different styles of teams, and I would be much more afraid of just being completely unable to score on the Bears' defense because they're just shutting it down entirely, and Aaron Rodgers is just getting assaulted by that pass rush than against the Chiefs, who kind of just have, like, one move. Like, we can throw to Tyreek. And the Packers are probably going to give up a bunch of big plays to Tyreek because that's what they do. They give up a bunch of big plays for some reason. They just can't. Every single week, what does Matt LaFleur say? Too many big plays, too many big plays, too many big plays. We just keep giving them up. But we don't usually lose those games. But again, getting back to what I was saying, that this becomes a must-win game because, as I said, if we win this game, everyone, nobody cares. Nobody cares anymore. It's not impressive, which is the, the downside of all this. This goes from if we win, we become an elite team, to if we lose, everybody says the Packers are trash. Because nobody's looking at the Chiefs right now as a good team. Nobody's looking at this. Nobody's impressed if we win. It's just kind of an expectation. And if we win, and we have to win this game, Everyone's just going to shrug their shoulders. Vikings fans are going to be popping off about, oh, look, blah, blah, blah. you beat you. nobody cares, they're not even that good. And they're right, but we still have to win the game. I mean, it's, it's, it's true and it's unfortunate when you beat a team that's not any good that you don't really get a lot of credit, 
but it's also not the team's fault that you got put in front of a bunch of garbage teams, right? The, the Vikings are beating bad teams. They shouldn't be bragging about it necessarily, but it's not really something you can attack the Vikings on because the only thing you can do to a bad team is beat it. I mean, you, you, you could wipe them out, but even that nobody's really going to care. People are still going to look at it and go, wow, you, you stomped out a garbage team. Nobody cares. So again, this is now officially a bad team. I know that sounds weird. And again, I'm not saying it's it's necessarily going to be easy because Andy Reid's still talented, Tyreek Hill, Jason Kelsey. There's still some pieces, but the some parts of this thing, the whole piece of this thing, when you look at the, the pieces, this is a very, very bad team. And it's not even entirely based on how good, because Eric Fisher was not having his best year ever. Very good tackle, but he's been struggling a little bit. But it's not just a matter of, oh, so what, they lost a guy with like a 67 overall grade. It's also a question of who is he being replaced with? Again, look at Wiley. You can look at it and say, so what, you're losing an average guard. How much are you, well, you're being replaced by an abysmal guard. That's the problem. You can work with average. If you got a, a, an offensive line that is across the board kind of average, it's not great. There's going to be some sacks and some pressures, but you can manage that. The Packers, if I were to be generous, have a bunch of average run-blocking offensive linemen. That is an extremely generous thing to say. But they manage to run the ball. But there becomes a point at which somebody is so bad it's just not going to work. And you're just getting wrecked. And by the way, Kenny Clark, you need to step it up. Like, this is your, this is, the team has zero excuses, this is your zero excuse game. All this talk about, well, he's gone up against the best offensive line. Okay. Kind of. If you want to call the Raiders the best offensive line, fine. I mean, Incognito's a monster, that's true. He's not a center, but he's, he's, he's in the mix sometimes. There's nothing here. There's nothing. Martinez rank in the guard is really bad. Austin Reeder, the center, is not good. And Laurent Duvernay-Tanif, right? I mean, he's a Frenchman. If you can't beat a Frenchman, I, I just, I don't have any words for that, bro. Like... What do you even say to that? He's French and has a hyphenated last name. I don't care that he's actually French-Canadian. French hyphenated. And you know what? Let's throw Canadian in there in the mix. That's three reasons to beat him really badly. Because I won't stand for anything less than that. And that goes for the rest of the defensive line. That is unacceptable behavior. I mean, the man is from Quebec. So he's, he's a legit Frenchman. Granted, they're a little more angry and, uh, you know, they got that whole separatist thing going on. Like, you know... Still, I, I don't care. These are jokes, but not really. But across the offensive line, with the exception of Mitchell Schwartz, who is a very good right tackle, there's no excuses here. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but again, it's just a matter of, it's not just who is coming out and how good they are. It's a matter of what they're being replaced with, and it's just not a good situation. Anyways, why don't we, I wonder how many Canadian and French and hyphenated name individuals listening to this are super offended right now. You should send me a message if you are. It'd be funny. I was a long-time listener, and then you said Frenchmen can't be right guards, and I am so upset. <laughs> Anyways, let's take a break. By the way, that's t-shirt number 27 there, Frenchmen can't be guards. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Today's episode of the Packernet Podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming news network. It's live 24-7 and costs you nothing. That's right, it's sports coverage that's always on and always free, always. So again, I, you know, my time here to convince you to download this is rapidly running out. And I don't know why if you haven't done this, you wouldn't do this already. It's basically free live streaming sports news all day long, and it just never ends. 
tons of highlights, breaking news, as it happens type stuff. You get fantasy football advice. And of course, you get some gambling advice and everything else, which is relevant considering what else we're going to be talking about in a moment. But it doesn't really matter what you're into, they've got it. And it's not just football, right? I mean, that's all I care about. But if you're into basketball, baseball, college football, by the way, I just looked, there's a ton of college football stuff because today is college football day. It's got absolutely everything. And again, the, the benefit of it is when you're watching it on TV, you're just sitting there waiting to see what comes up and you listen to a bunch of... That's why I don't listen to stuff on TV. You get to pick what clip you want to listen to. If you don't want this, just scroll until you find a highlight or something that you're interested in. Some news, some tips, some whatever, and just watch it. It's not just free and streaming, it's on demand. So download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, any other connected device at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans at a great price of completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ titty. Speaking of uh, bets and whatnot, I had mentioned to you, and I, you know, I, it, it could be good advice or bad advice depending on which way you took it, but I mentioned things were going to change after we got some information. Turns out, I wasn't super correct. All these people are out, and I'm looking at my bookie right now, still just four-point favorites for the Packers, and I think 47.5 is what it was yesterday. So I would have expected that to come down, and I would have expected the Packers to kind of skyrocket here. I mean, maybe I'm missing something. Again, you know, consult a doctor before taking this medication. That's a little crazy to me to have pretty much every talented person on the team just not play, and then it's like, eh, it's still four points. Four feels good. feels right. I don't know. I'm good with it. It's weird to me. If you'd rather not touch it again, there's a lot of other games. Nothing quite as crazy as that Minnesota Vikings game, which is always a good place to start, right? You see something that's just way out of proportion, like 16 and a half points, and it's like, yeah, that almost never happens. I'm going with uh, going with Washington, and it would have been a good bet. Um, but you got New England at 12, the Rams at 12 and a half against the Bengals. Lots of options. There's also college football if you're into that today. Packers, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, they are um, the fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl right now behind the Saints, the Chiefs, and the Patriots. Do with that information what you will. They've also got some prop bets. Those are not up quite yet. But the, the bottom line, anything that you want, my bookie is willing to take some action on it. Pretty, I mean, just anything. They have a religion section. So just to give you an idea, esports, wrestling, again, anything that you want to put some action on, they're willing to take it. So if you've been thinking about it and you want to take the dip, I'm not telling you to take out a second mortgage on your house. I'm just talking about for fun, maybe 10 bucks. I don't know. But if you do it, just remember that we have a an offer with my bookie through this October, which I think might be getting extended. That's between you and me. Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME and they'll match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME. New users get their first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so first of all, before we get started, a big shout-out to everybody in my uh, my Trello group, especially Justin. Um, I haven't been very active in and engaging, so a few people looks like have fallen off, but Justin's still going hard at it, giving me some notes and some, some information as he sees, listening to doing some research on the opposing teams and whatnot. So uh, I want to use a little bit of his information, but before we do anything else, just saying thank you. Also, since we're on it, um, big shout-out to Jacob also. Jacob actually reached out and is the whole reason I have an Instagram right now. Um, I'm, I'm way behind on, on the social media stuff, and he's just kind of taking the bull by the horns and is running that. He's running this this competition. These are actually his jerseys, by the way, not mine. So I, I'm, I'm actually pretty uncomfortable taking this much help from people. 
and I wish I was in a better position to be able to compensate. But hopefully, with especially with the work that uh, Jacob's doing and Justin and the rest of the guys and, and just everybody with, you know, I mean, the Facebook group contributes everything else. It's almost to the point where I've become dependent on everybody else. But I am hopeful that at some point I will be in a better position to be able to uh, to give back in a much more significant way. But anyways, just want to say thank you for that. So first of all, looking at the Chiefs offense versus the Packers defense, the pain points, I think the absolute biggest, to be completely honest, if the Chiefs are smart, they're just going to rip the page right out of the Oakland Raiders playbook right now. Essentially what we're doing, because we have a weak offensive line, we have a very talented tight end, we also have Tyree Kill. Again, this is the Oakland Raiders offense with a slightly worse offensive line, less ability to run the ball. But as far as just utilizing the talents we have, just just get the ball out quick, right? That's the main point. And really, if you look at it, it looks like the Chiefs may have already been looking at that last week. Now, it's sort of against the identity a little bit, right? Pat Mahomes is sort of an Aaron Rodgers type who likes to hold on to the ball, extend the play, and take big chunk plays, especially with Tyreek Hill. It kind of makes sense. But if you look at week seven, as far as the time to throw metrics, Matt Moore was tied for sixth as far as getting the ball out quickest at 2.67 seconds. He was tied with Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen. Which is, I mean, I guess it's only a tenth of a second faster than what Pat Mahomes is doing anyways at 2.78 seconds on average this season. But I do think that needs to be something that they're looking to do. Now, again, I said last week that that plays to our advantage because we're more of a press team. And really, if you think about it, when, when the Oakland Raiders just chipped our guys, you look at how much time that takes up, that, that's going to give them 2.5, 2.7, 2.8 seconds which is more than enough time to get off the press for the linebacker to kind of stretch down the middle. I mean, it was enough time to get the job done. So I think defensively, the very first battleground is going to be the run game. They don't have a good offensive line. They don't really have a very good running back. We've got Rashawn Gary, Zadarius, Preston, Kenny Clark. I mean, all these guys, I think it was Rashawn and Zadarius last week that were very, very, very good against the run. They need to be able to continue that. And that needs to be taken away because Oakland basically was able to run and pass at will. At the very, at the very least, we need to be able to make them one-dimensional. And it's, it's tough because if, if I'm Andy Reid, how am I looking at this? On one hand, you look at it and say, let's not get too crazy. The Packers are, are real good at giving up big plays. Let's just choose our spots and we'll take the chunks when it matters and try to get it in. I mean, as weird as it sounds, it almost seems like the, the best opportunity you have to get a touchdown is like from the 50. Because once you get in the red zone, the Packers aren't going to let you score. The best chance you have is a deep pass to Hill who's just going to run it all the way in. I mean, legitimately, you look at the touchdowns the Packers have given up, I, I would be curious how many of them came from outside of the red zone as, a, as opposed to inside the red zone. But obviously that's not actually a strategy and a game plan. So do you want to go nice and slow and have a sustained drive where you're just able to pick apart the Packers' defense and move down the field and keep Aaron Rodgers off and, and punch it in? I think that's probably your best option. But again, the Packers' defense just likes to have more time. They make a lot of mistakes. They do a lot of things poorly. But eventually, they're going to come up and do something big, which is something you got to worry about if you're Andy Reid. But I think we're going to rely heavily on scheme. I think there's a good chance there's going to be a decent amount of, of chipping. A lot, a lot, a lot toward Kelsey and Hill. And not necessarily deep down the field. We're talking, you know, just bring it. If we're playing in man, Hill's just coming across the middle a lot. Right? He's just going to run a bunch of man beaters right across the middle which the way you do that is is you have a safety kind of spying that. This is what the Chicago Bears did last year that was so effective. When you have a guy doing that, and let's say you have Jair in coverage, if you see him beating across the middle, you get a guy like Redmond or Amos or whatever who just starts sprinting toward the line of scrimmage. And essentially, even though you have Jair that's trailing, the second he catches it, Redmond's going to come up and just rip his head off. 
It's especially effective because Moore isn't really looking that way. He's looking to his left. He sees Hill has a half a step on him. He's thinking this is golden. He drops it off and Hill just gets knocked out. Not literally, of course. I hope he does well and is healthy and has a long, sustained life in which his arm never gets broken and nobody beats him to a pulp. None of that stuff. I don't want any bad things to happen to Tyreek Hill. He seems like a great human being. But anyways, at the same time, I don't want to come into this assuming they're going to do anything. So as I'm looking at it, I'm just going to come in and say the easiest way to to get after it is to get a lot of pressure on Matt Moore because the offensive line isn't good. So we're going to stop you from running the ball and we're just going to bring tons of pressure and you're in a lot of trouble, right? The counter to that is going to be little dump offs to Schwartz, quick little passes to Hill, chip blocking. Don't put strain on the things that aren't very good, right? We're not going to put strain on Moore having him pass the ball 30 yards down the field to Hill. We're not going to stress the offensive line by keeping the ball in Moore's hands. But again, I'm not coming into this assuming that. I'm coming in with my strategy, which is bring pressure, stop the run. If they if they start going in another direction, then I'll adapt to what they're doing. But you got to beat my first, my first move first. Now, the interesting thing is I said this last week, and they didn't do it. <laughs> they played very, very soft, and I kind of wonder if they're going to do the same thing. I don't want them to. But it was just, it was zone all day long. We're going to sit back and play zone and give you the easy stuff and hopefully not give up the big stuff, even though we're still going to give you the big plays. I kind of don't like that strategy so much. It's not my favorite. Had a lot of that with Dom Capers. Wasn't my favorite then either. I think this defense, the, the mentality is they like to attack. So even when it's the wrong strategy, which I don't think it is in this case, it's kind of the right strategy because it's what it's built for. I don't think they do well under the conditions of, I don't know, hang back, try to cover as much area as possible. We'll see how it goes. Eh, I don't know. Hopefully he throws a bad pass or something or we can get a sack or I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Just kind of hang out. This is your area to cover. Do your best to make sure nobody catches it there, even though <laughs> we know you're going to because, you know, Blake and Travis Kelsey and whatnot, it's just, it's not going to work. But to be honest, I'm, I'm less concerned about it because I think either way, could work. Um, the bigger issue is going to be what we talk about next, which is going to be the Packers offense versus the Chiefs defense. I think that's going to be the biggest thing here. It wasn't that way. Yesterday, I'm pretty sure I said the exact opposite, but things have changed, and so I want to bring that up uh, after this break. So as we get closer to the game coming up, I'm, I'm guessing you've kind of made up your mind on whether or not you're going to the game or not, although I went to the Packer game the day of the Packer game, so you never know. It's definitely not too late. But you should probably make up your mind if you're going right now. Either way, lots of games coming up. Hopefully we've got some playoff games coming up, you know, in Lambeau and whatnot. If you're on the fence and if you're trying to decide if you're going to go to a game, or if you've already made up your mind but you don't have the tickets yet, make sure you're looking at Vivid Seats. As I've mentioned, one of the coolest features is the fact that they've got the Vivid Seats rewards, where you can actually earn credit back on all your ticket purchases. Again, that's especially cool if you're consistently going to either concerts or maybe if you live in Lambeau and you're going to a lot of games, whatever. The ability to earn back some cash on that and get some discounts going forward is kind of a game changer in terms of, you know, how much money we're spending on all this. And again, all these ticket purchases are backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has got it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And when you're ready to buy those tickets, make sure you enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. 
That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so I think things have dramatically changed with all of these injuries, and really it's going to come down to the offense needs to just continue what it's been doing. And that is continue to get better every week, continue to dominate. Nobody right now is officially out for the Packers. And this is a massive injury report, but almost all these people are full or limited. Uh, Tanyan and Devontae are the only ones that didn't practice. Both of them are listed as doubtful. I think it's probably pretty safe to assume that Devontae isn't going to play. And I think all these injuries kind of maybe make it more so for kind of the same reason. We now are looking at the same. We can, we can probably win without them. Not that you ever want to be too flippant with it. If he can play, let's let him play. But if we're worried about injuring him any further, I, I don't really see the point. We've been making it work without him. And, I mean, they, they also lost a They don't have very good corners to begin with, and they lost one of them. So, to be completely honest, as I'm looking at this, um, I know there's a general thought pattern that says that the Chiefs are really bad against the run. Why don't we? And this, this maybe makes sense if Mahomes is on the field, maybe. Because I don't know if you want to necessarily get into a shootout with the team that's all offense and no defense. However, I think in this situation, you're looking at a Chiefs team that's going to be kind of dangerous, but I don't know that they have the talent to necessarily put up a massive amount of points. I know they put up 30 last week. However, the production from Matt Moore was um, 10 of 19, which is about 50%, which is really low, for 117 yards, a touchdown, and that's about it. So Pat Mahomes' passer rating last week was 125.8. Matt Moore came in, his passer rating was 89.1. So there's obviously a massive difference between the two. And really, 30 points is somewhat deceptive. It seems like a lot, but I was trying to figure out how they got all those points. Matt Moore had one really good pass to Tyreek Hill for 57 yards. Again, that's the big thing we're going to have to worry about. Otherwise, the other touchdown came from Pat Mahomes. There was a defensive touchdown. Reggie Ragland took a fumble in. Then you got three field goals, right? So Mahomes touchdown, Moore touchdown, Raglan touchdown is 21, three field goals is 9, 21-9 is 30. It's just significantly less impressive when you break it down in those parts. So my preference here would be offensively we're sticking with all gas, no break, because I want to run up the score because I don't think Matt Moore can keep up. Even with Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey at the, you know, on the other side of the field, I just don't think they can keep up against the defense. The defense is going to be giving up plays. Now, defensively, again, I don't necessarily hate the idea of let's hang back, let's wait for them to mess up or for somebody to come up with a big play, a pick, or whatever, but I want to kind of push the issue a little bit. I want to attack. I understand that leaves us a little bit more vulnerable with guys like Tyreek Hill, but we can't stop it anyways. Again, hanging back and playing safe isn't working. 
they're still, you know, we're still getting big chunk plays regardless of what we do. So let's just attack. Let's bring extra blitzes if we have to. I want Matt Moore just absolutely in the fetal position by the second quarter. Because with an offensive line that's as bad as this is, we got to take advantage of that. It's not okay to say, eh, we're just going to rush the guys we have, which, I mean, maybe that is going to be good enough. I mean, Schwartz is really a, g- a great right tackle. So we need, again, we need Kenny Clark to step up. We need, uh, you know, Preston or Zedarius, whoever they're going to put on that side to step up, probably Zedarius. Because, again, winning this game is going to come down, down to us scoring lots of points and then the defense coming up big in clutch situations, right, getting them off the field. So it's we score, they don't. We get a touchdown, we hold them to three or less. Both of these things have to happen because then you get this little divergence, you know, three to seven. 6 to 14, right? The, the gap widens. And again, my personal preference is to attack. The defense wants to do it. They get fired up by it. And they, they just play better when they're fired up. So just give them that ammo, even if it's going to make it harder on them. I don't want them to play off. I don't want them to play scared. I don't want them to play zone. I want them to go attack because the ball is going to come out. It's going to come out wrong. It's going to go the wrong direction. And if you're stopping the run and if you're getting sacks and you're able to get your hand on a couple balls, that, that gets the offense off the field a lot. And it gets them off the field really quick. And again, the, the defense is, emotional isn't the right word, but they feed on it. When things are going well, they're, they're a very much a blood-in-the-water kind of defense. When things start going well, it goes really well. It's when things start going bad that things kind of go bad quickly. Now, they, they make up for it, but let's just not do that. Let's just not go down that way. Let's not let things get bad and then try to make up for it in the red zone and hope we can hold them to a field goal. Let's go take what we want. I want the defense to feel like it's on offense. We're not defending, we're attacking. As far as specifics, I mean, it's, it's kind of just do whatever you want. I mean, the Packers wide receivers aren't elite, but they're good enough to do what they do. You know, Marquez is sort of like that one piece of Jordy. He's not Jordy, but he's got that one thing that he does, right? That's very similar to what Jordy did. That's useful, and it works at times. Geronimo, again, he's that clutch third down guy. Kumro is a good route runner. Jimmy Graham is, is, you know, he's sort of a hot and cold kind of guy. He's kind of like our corners. Sometimes he's not very good, and then you talk trash, and then the next week he comes out and he dominates, and he makes everyone look dumb for talking trash about him. Can Jimmy Graham and these tight ends stress the linebackers? Of course, the linebackers aren't good. Can these wide receivers have success against the corners? Yeah, because they're not very good. Do you think we can hit the deep shot? Because, you know, depending on the, yeah, the safeties aren't that good. What about running the ball? Can we run the ball? Yeah, their defensive line is not very good. There's no, <laughs> there's no real strategy here other than to just dominate. The time that you need to start worrying is when something isn't working because everything should be more or less working. And the the kind of interesting thing here is as much as scheme comes into play, if it becomes a matter of of dueling wits of the coaches, then it becomes kind of 50-50 between the, you know, Matt LaFleur offense versus their defensive coordinator. I don't know if I want to get into a match of wits because we don't need to. This is where Mike McCarthy would come in and just say, we're going to win because we're better than you. This is where having Devontae Adams on the field would be good because it's just a matter of if we get the matchup we want, which is pretty much all the time, I'm just going to trust my guy to win. And I think that's more or less it. Not, not to say that scheme is out the window. It's, it's working. They're going to keep doing it. It's going to be successful, I hope. But this is a matter of if Bashad Breeland is their weakest link at corner, and I think he is, and you see Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Bashad Breeland lined up, it's like, I'm, I'm just going to go there. Right? Depending on what the safety's doing, if it's a deep shot, I'm just going to trust that he's going to blow right by him and we're going for a big one right here. Or if it's Kumaro Breland and they got extra help over by Scantling because they're worried about him going deep. I, I know Kumaro can just leave Breland in his dust, not because of his speed, but because he's a good route runner. You know, whatever it is, they, they've got the matchups that they like all over the place. And so depending on what the defense does, if Rodgers has time, which he should because they don't have any pass rushers, 
They had two really good pass rushers. Both of them are out. Rodgers should be able to have time and diagnose things. Right? Sometimes you can't always tell what the defense is in, but if you've got a couple extra seconds to see which way people are drifting and you see the safety cheat over to one side, it's like, all right, I know what to do. And that's the thing that's been working with the Packers so much. That deep shot to MVS was beautiful because I think it was, who was it? It was Kumaro or Jimmy Graham or somebody was wide open across the middle of the field and he saw it, but he knew based on what we're running and based on their defense, Marquez should be coming open across the other way and he waited. Because he had time, he decided to wait. And that's dangerous because if he doesn't come open, Jimmy Graham could be covered by the time that this, you know, by the time we wait for this thing to develop. But he did come open. He uncorked it. Yeah, it was underthrown, whatever. I don't know why that just refuses to work. Hopefully by the end of the season we can get him in stride because, man, he's just due for... The, a lot of these should have been touchdowns. But that's going to be big, too, the blocking. we we got to make sure that we're, we're blocking well. And that might be a point of emphasis for the Chiefs is to bring a lot of extra pressure to make sure that Rodgers doesn't have time to sit back there. Which, again, you know, you, you can adjust out of that. Throw into Vitali and to Williams and to Graham and these guys out of the backfield. You know, quick wide receiver screens to Marquez. You get some of these jet sweeps, run some screens. I mean, you, you can hurt a defense that's over-aggressive, especially when they're not that good. So it's, it's in a weird way, this is a very hard game to look at and say this is what needs to happen because it's kind of just a matter of, eh, I don't know, whatever. I mean, am I going to be mad if they decide to run the ball and just burn out the clock? I mean, it's not a great strategy because you don't want the Chiefs to have an opportunity to get back in this game. I want to run up the score and have 25 points by the time halftime clicks over. Shooting for 50, son. Because no matter, no matter how bad a team is, they can always come back. But is it going to be the worst thing in the world if they're just running the ball all over the Chiefs and it just looks easy? Not really. As long as we're getting down the field and scoring points, it would be nice if we had a lot more points, but I'll take it. If the Packers are playing more coverage and they're trying to hang back and it's working, do I care that they're not super attacking and getting a bunch of sacks? Not really. My preference would be to be aggressive, but as long as it's working, I guess I don't really care. So it's, it's kind of just a matter of there's a lot of different ways to attack the team because the team is so depleted. Don't have a very good defensive line. Don't have pass rushers. Don't have corners. Don't have linebackers. And the safeties are mediocre. On the other side, you know, you don't have a quarterback. You don't really have a running back. You don't have a left tackle, left guard, center, or right guard. You don't have, you know, your number three wide receiver if you decide to go three wide. There's just a lot of different ways that you can choose to attack this. And, and the other good thing about it is if something's not working, you can go to plan B and C and D and expect there to be a high level of success with that as well. Whereas some other teams, it's like, if they're able to do this, we're doomed. Not really. I mean, it wouldn't be great if they could run the ball. That shouldn't happen, and that just makes it easier on them. But the fact that they've got Matt Moore, who is just a legitimately a very bad quarterback, you know, again, a lot of bad teams have good players on them. We beat the Minnesota Vikings, and I think the Vikings are better than this team. You know, Hill is good, but as far as a duo, would you rather have uh, Diggs and Thielen, or would you rather have Hill and Watkins? It's definitely debatable, but I don't know that it's it's a blowout for the Chiefs. Kirk Cousins or Matt Moore? Of course it's Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook or LaShawn McCoy? Dalvin Cook. And now you're looking at it and saying the offensive lines are almost equal. I'd probably still take the Chiefs, but you know the only thing they've definitely got better than the Minnesota Vikings is the tight end. So, you know, again, I would like this to be, and I know I'm starting to say this every week, but somewhat of a statement game for a lot of reasons. Number one, if you beat the Chiefs, it's still going to be a an awesome thing. Because the Chiefs are a good football team. Nobody's going to give us credit for it, but it is worth doing. Beyond that, being able to look back at, again, the what was the hardest game on your schedule and say, look, we beat them 42-24, to 24, it's still, even for people trying to say it doesn't mean anything, they're going to see that score and it's going to send a chill down their spine, and it's going to be a massive boost to this team. 
knowing that they went into Arrowhead and annihilated this team. And as we get a little bit later, I know in the beginning of the season it was all just, it's going to be sloppy, just find a way to win. We're slowly starting to transition out of the just find a way to win category, right? I mean, it's still, of course, just win, no matter what. And when you get into the playoffs, it's only just win. I don't care how it happens, you just got to win. But in order to win, you got to be a good football team. So again, as we get a little bit later, you kind of want to start to see some good football. And when you got a team that's this decimated, you want to see some good production. You can't still be having this team that can't tackle. Kenny Clark still can't play very well. Blake Martinez doesn't know what he's doing. All right, guys are just missing tackles. They're not getting pressure. Jair's giving up 100 yards. King's giving up 200 yards, you know, but gets a pick in the fourths, which is great. But maybe don't give up 200 yards before that. We need to start seeing stuff get better. And so far, the offense has been getting a lot better. The defense seemingly is getting worse every week, and it's not great. They're still coming up big. Again, there's a difference between making plays in clutch situations and being a good defense. Giving up 450 yards and, you know, being able teams being able to just run and pass at will all game long. I'm sorry, I'm not going to sit here and say, dude, dominant defense. You don't even know. See that one pick, though? Psh, look how we stopped him in the red zone every time. Like, that's awesome. And there's a lot to that, but there's still this nagging issue of stop letting them do whatever they want between the 20s. And so I think this is a really good opportunity, again, to go up against a tough opponent in a tough environment and show that this is a dominant offense and defense and just smoke them in front of the whole world because it's Sunday night football. Just let everybody see, as all the Vikings fans and all the Bears fans and all the Lions fans and everybody else talking trash, Patriots fans, the Packers are overrated, the Packers aren't that good, the Packers are paying off the refs, blah, 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 every excuse in the book. March into Arrowhead and stomp this team out like they're nothing as though we're already thinking about next week. This is a team on a war path. As the Vikings come off a game where they barely beat the Washington Redskins, this would be a great opportunity to establish clear dominance at the top of the NFC North. So either way, I, I do expect the Packers to win. They, they need to. Um, I would say it's interesting to see what's going to happen if the Packers win, because again, we're getting into that territory of we really need to make a serious push, and the trade deadline is October 29th, which is on a Tuesday, meaning if the Packers win, they're going to have about one day, one full day to analyze. If we're going to do something, we got to do it now. Now, I'm kind of getting into the territory of thinking it's just not going to happen, but we've got to be able to see, you know, first of all, obviously, if there's any injuries. Um, secondly, if there's just some things that just, like, if, if the Chiefs are able to run against the Packers, that's that's horrible and something needs to be done because we're looking at a situation where this is a team that's good enough to make a push but that run defense is not going to get it done and so you start asking questions about for example Leonard Williams possibly coming in um, again I'm, I'm very much thinking that's just it's not going to happen at this point especially as the team is starting to get healthy right they've been successful then we get Devontae back and we get Savage back and we start to get some of these key pieces back as we continue to develop maybe we just let it ride but we'll see. That'll be the last interesting little piece of the puzzle. Um, after this game, we'll, we'll kind of see if there's one last gasp attempt at uh, picking somebody up. Anyways, that'll be it. Tomorrow is going to be Positivity Sunday slash Boom Roasted Sunday. You folks, enjoy your Saturday. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.